Hey there. Thank you for checking out the Battle Face podcast. This project was born as a way for me and my buddy Derringer to talk about all the nerdy things that we like, and we'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. Check us out on YouTube and Instagram at the Battle Face. Now, on to the episode. The Battleface Podcast is broadcast live on Fridays and Sundays, and we encourage you to come hang out and chat with Bard and Dare live. Now, prepare to declare attacks. You are entering the Battle Phase. Hello, everyone. You have entered the battle phase. It is I, the Midnight Bard, your favorite bard, and somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that, Bard. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to follow that up with. Normally I have something in mind in this particular time. You start like, coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming. Derringer! <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Battle Phase Podcast, the weekly podcast where me and Dare talk about, like, all of the interesting stuff that crossed our collective spheres of interest. Uh, so anything revolving around uh, card games, comic books, anime, manga. Revolving doors. Revolving doors and even uh, video games, you know, like all of the all of the good stuff is what we like. And uh, if... Something interesting happened this week, and it came across our feeds, be that Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Uh, we could potentially talk about it here, depending on how much we have to say about it. So Yeah, or argue about it. Or argue about it, yeah. Uh, speaking of, what are you up to this week, Dan? Uh, well, shit. I actually had stuff for it, but I don't remember. Okay. Uh, I was listening to music from uh, Eight Graves, and unlike Pluto, they both released a new song today. Oh, did they? Uh, unlike Pluto, fuck, what was his called? I remember Eight Graves was uh, "Wish We Could Were Still Friends," but I don't remember what Unlike Pluto's was. They're both really good. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I haven't heard either of them. Uh, Goner was what Unlike Pluto's was. Hmm. That sounds and, interesting. I like Unlike yeah. Pluto. They always put out good, good music. Yeah. Yeah. And his he had one two weeks ago that wasn't too bad either. It's called Ridiculous. It was pretty good. I don't think I mentioned it. Uh, no, you didn't. You sure didn't. Like, that would have been, you said a couple of weeks ago? Uh, two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks ago, yeah. So, like, uh, two weeks ago, I think we talked about something else entirely. No, wait, you did bring up On Like Pluto uh, a couple of weeks ago, come to think about it. Yeah, that's when he released uh, Twisted... Yeah, it's something I, I don't know is guts. It was guts. It was, it was guts. guts that I, I remember guts. Uh, is unlike Pluto a band or is it an individual? It's an individual. Uh-huh. The same with Eight Graves. I believe he has people to help with music, but it's like uh, just a one-person thing, as far as I'm concerned. As far as I know, as far as I'm um, concerned, as far, as far as I'm concerned, they are one person, and you, you go <laughs> fuck yourself if you say otherwise. All right, right. Uh, so I, I guess before we carry on with today's episode, we have a couple of housekeeping matters. Uh, 
First things first, we want to begin by saying please remember to like, sub, and share if you find any of these topics that uh, we cover on this podcast as interesting or if you happen to be a major weeb like Bard or a man of culture like Dare, uh, you know, hang out. Talk to us on our on our socials. We're at the Battle Phase on YouTube, on threads, on Instagram. Uh, so, you know, like, follow us there. Join the conversation. And secondly... Yeah. Am I, am I a man of culture? Is that is that what we're going with? We're going with that, yeah. Man okay. of man of culture is what we're going with. I won't I won't argue with that. All right, and, and continuing on, I would like to make the announcement that we officially have an RSS feed and are now on multiple podcast platforms. So I want to say hello to all of our new listeners. We see you out there in Ashburn, Brussels, and Jakarta. Yeah, how you guys doing, you maniacs? Uh, but seriously though, find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Samsung Podcast, Podcast Index, Listen Notes, and RSS.com. Uh, so you guys have all kinds of ways of keeping up with the boys. And uh, one last thing that I wanted to add to that is that, uh, let's see, I am in the process of editing our back catalog and uploading it as much as I can we have uh, four episodes uploaded, which is the last three episodes, the last three weeks of uh, the Battleface podcast, the Friday episode, and the most recent Sunday episode, which was the Anime Power Systems Rankings. So uh, those are up uh, for you guys to check out, and uh, soon this one will be up as well. So yeah, welcome to all of our new listeners. We're happy to have you. We hope you'll join in the, on the conversation. And uh, yeah, weave out with us or be men of culture. So uh, we have Ashburn, Virginia, Brussels, Belgium, and Jakarta, Indonesia. And Jakarta, Indonesia. Yes, uh, we we have the most random assembly of uh of listeners uh but i we're happy to have you here and you know like we hope you enjoy yeah, that's that's great yeah it's I fantastic just, I, I, love, I love the, the just the <laughs> the range of the places you have on here is america europe southeast asia yeah so like we, we have that and now we have new listeners all over the world which is exciting uh so you know like yeah uh welcome again uh we hope you enjoy your stay and uh please join in the conversation follow us on our socials and uh you know say what's up say hey i listen to you guys uh, it would and make if us you want to join us in in live in lifetime you can join us over on youtube yeah uh, slash the battle phase that's true every friday and uh, sunday every friday and sunday uh, uh, your time zones time uh, my time zones time uh, yeah like at my time zones time which is complicated because we switch it up every now and then so it, it'll be more more regular for like the people listening on on Twitter. Twitter. find out where we're going <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so yeah so like that that's exciting and we're happy to have you guys and we hope uh you you enjoy the show uh, for the third time uh, and uh let's see uh we we are, for the seventh time yeah checking with the chat uh gargoyle says who are you calling maniacs you maniac and i was like yeah i guess that's kind of fitting for me isn't it so let's so see what are what are we watching this week bird watching this week i actually have two different youtube videos and this is where the title of today's episode comes from which was fixing your fandoms uh, because both of these videos kind of touched on the on a similar similar topic, that being that hey, you know what? Sometimes a hobby can be difficult to get into, 
for a number of different reasons. And honestly, it's the it's it's the onus is on the company itself to make it easier for like new uh, new people to join the the hobby, because when you really get down to the brass tacks on it, new people, new fans are the lifeblood that keeps a hobby going long term. Uh, so if ever like your hobby uh, becomes kind of complicated to get into. Uh, it can kind of stagnate, and it, it's usually like the death toll for um, for a hobby whenever they're not getting new people at all, right? Uh, yeah. so, so two two different videos kind of came up this video regarding that content uh, that that uh, that subject, and that is a Team APS video uh, from uh, Team APS on their a- APS Amplifier channel, uh, where Paul talks about fixing Yu-Gi-Oh's balance problem, and he gave a couple of examples. And then we also had a YouTube video by a creator called Comic Drake. He reads comics, and his name is Drake. Uh, that's how he starts his videos. And I, I that that made me laugh the first time I heard it. I was like, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, but he basically uh, says getting into American comics it can be something of a gargantuan task, and it's kind of a big ask for like the big publishers such as Marvel and DC. Uh, to just expect new readers to show up and just be, just do the footwork for, uh, you know, for them. You know, like Marvel and DC aren't really doing much to help in getting new readers. Uh, so uh, he also provided examples of uh, what should be done uh, for the sake of uh, fixing that issue of like that, that entry issue for uh, reading comics. And uh, I did post a couple of, like, examples for each. So on the Team APS video, uh, Paul has a couple of suggestions here to, quote-unquote, fix Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I think that fixing Yu-Gi-Oh is something that every Yu-Gi-Tuber has tried to do at some point or another, whether that be by set rotation, whether that be by, you know, like, uh, shoot, I can't even, custom ban lists, whether that be... Uh, by, you know, posting pictures of what cards would look like if we added bullet points or if we formatted them differently, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so we, I, we... I think, honestly, in like the, the terms of fixing Yu-Gi-Oh!, the best way to go about it is to have an alternate format like Rush Duels or like Speed Duels mm. pushed more towards newer players. Uh, you're because probably right about but... that. That gives you like an entryway into like the basic knowledge of how the game works, and then from that you can build into actually playing the the TCG. But right, uh, you, you're probably I, right about that. I mean, as a matter of fact, that that's a that's a cause that I champion. Is you know like uh, forget about set rotation, you know, because honestly, like no, Yu-Gi-Oh players don't want that. Uh, you know, like, even yeah. if it's the most logical thing, you know, like, even if, if it's inevitable, like, you know, uh, MBT has said in the past uh, several times that uh, that Magic didn't used to have set rotation until they basically painted themselves into a corner where they had to implement it. Otherwise, their game was in dire trouble because things were extremely difficult. Uh, so they implemented set rotation for, for the sake of saving the game, essentially. Um I, I don't think that Yu-Gi-Oh players are going to be on the same boat. You know, we we like our jank. We like our cards being dumb. You know, like, if you ban them, okay. But, you know, like, 
but we we still like to be able to play with all of our stuff going back to the beginning of the game even if which when you think about it set rotations there's an argument to be made that you're not using every card in every set that has come out front since the beginning of the game right so like yeah you're you're not going to be running legend of blue eyes right. cards unless so, you're playing go format so so what does it hurt you to rotate it right like it, it, that that's kind of like been the the thing that's uh that that's been the argument that's been made um however like it, there is something to be said about like eternal formats too because when you really think about it the most popular format in magic is commander which also has an eternal format <laughs> So yeah, it's it's kind of like a catch twenty two. Like you know, like we don't want to give it up, but we also don't want you know the game to continue getting harder. Uh, and I think that Paul kind of offers up some really interesting fixes. Uh, and I just highlighted some. I think he had like ten total. I highlighted five that I thought were really really good. Um, so for starters, uh, he has uh, at the very top here says cards with search effects shouldn't go plus one they should go card neutral uh and he, i i agree with that yeah i i wholeheartedly agree with like because if you search a card in magic you're using mana to pay for the cost you're using the card and most of the time it either puts it on top of the deck or some of them will add it to your hand and those are usually the ones that are like super expensive but hmm. Like to have a card that searches a card and then it stays on the field because it's a monster card. Hmm. It's just, it's a little unfair. Yeah. Uh, Gargoyle says in the chat, uh, Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh would end up being like one of those one-sided games. Yu-Gi-Oh kind of already is. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh is very, very one-sided. So like the one thing that uh, there was, uh, you know, world champion Joshua Schmidt uh, said this in one of his videos one time and it kind of stuck with me because it it's true. Uh, he says, you know, like, uh, he was arguing for set rotation as well after watching MBT's video. He was kind of reacting to it. And his thing was, okay, you, we kind of have to because there's nowhere else for power creep to go. What's better than a deck that wins on turn one? Because that already exists. You know, like, you, you, if you're going first, you win. Uh, and this is something that you said last week it's it's a it's a contentious topic because me personally i don't agree that if you go first you win matter of fact a lot of my favorite victories have been with me going second um but i'm an unusual case you know like i actually i enjoy the challenge a lot of people would like back and forth i like to be cornered and then fight my way out so you know like it's there's a lot to be said with how you enjoy the the game right uh, I, I'm biting my tongue awfully hard. I just want to know that. <laughs> I know, uh, but this card neutral thing is actually pretty pretty sweet. And uh, one of my favorite decks, Tri Brigade, does that with two different cards. So you know, Farajit the Baron Blossom, you know, like draws you a card, and then you put one back to the bottom of the deck. And then Bear Brum, same thing, searches a card, and then you put it back to the bottom of the deck. You know, so like it. it it does kind of put me in weird situations sometimes where, like, if I didn't calculate well enough, I'll just end up with no hand. Uh, but that that's more me being kind of goofy than it is, like, you know, a, a problem with the with the way that the card is the the card is designed. And I do kind of feel like a, a, a little bit of this is one of those aggravating things in in the game for me when, uh, like, for example, 
um, a, a deck would just go plus, 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 and what am I supposed to do? You know, like I'm sitting here with no way of of, uh, of stopping them from plussing. You know, like if I stop one play and then they have another one that allows them to plus several times and now they just keep going, uh, you know, like it's 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 a little frustrating because now you know that they, they still can go off because their yeah. deck didn't go neutral. It, it went plus. Um one thing to be said about that is, uh, and th this is just anecdotal, uh, but in the light versus dark event that was going on, I don't know, I don't know if it's still going on or if, it, if or if it has since concluded. But in the light versus dark event, uh, one of the reasons that dark was so powerful is that it had access to draw engines. One of them being like Orcist. Orcist is very good at going plus, and secondly, it, it also had. It also had a lure of darkness, you know, like which will draw you too, you know. So, like, it, sure. It, well, to be fair, light light decks could play a lure of darkness too. It's, it's <laughs> sure, light decks could play a lure of darkness too. <laughs> I, I like to think that the part of the reason why, uh, part of the reason why, uh, what do you call it? Uh, dark was doing so well is because it had a good way of just like plussing compared to light where it doesn't have that, you know? So like, well, what would you, what would you think of if Konami, which I mean, they've kind of done this with other things. What if they made like a, an allure of light or like an art, a, a different attribute version of cards like that? So I each, attribute would each deck that you play that is of a certain attribute would have access to cards like that i i feel like that because i see what you're saying with the I, dark I feel, has a bunch of stuff right i i feel like that would be that would be fair enough you know like sure especially if it has the heavy drawback like a lure of darkness does which a lure of darkness you know like if you don't have a dark monster in your hand to banish then your entire hand is just gone uh, so like it, it is, it, it does kind of have that drawback. One thing I, I, if I'm not mistaken, Allure of Darkness doesn't have a once per turn. So I would fix that. <laughs> like I would fix that really hard. Uh, well, but... the, the reason why it doesn't have a once per turn is because of there, there's that, uh, if factor of if you don't draw a dark monster or if you don't control a dark monster, have a dark monster in your hand, right? you banish your hand or is it send it to the graveyard? It, I you think you it's send it to the monster, graveyard. Send it to the graveyard. Right. Yeah, uh, which where, some decks can float from the graveyard, you know, yeah. so it, we, we got that going on. So I don't know. Uh, here's something to be said is that there is cards that kind of do that. And, you know, in my head, I thought that they would see more play. But uh, for some reason, they just didn't. Like, I never saw anybody playing like Wing Requital in Liralusk and Tri-Brigade and whatever. You, uh, you would play, if you were playing pure Liralusk, I, I know it would run like, two or three yeah i ran i run three i think yeah. I, mean, it, I may only run two but uh, the deck got like just obliterated after not even like a full uh format because it was just bird up was too good bird up was really good which is it's such a strange thing to say because these days it it really doesn't do anything and it it's like full power isn't it it, it it is back at full well, power. You, we, you don't have you don't have the Smorg link. Oh yeah, that's true. We don't have so. the Smorg link. Uh, we we had like we we have all of our uh, what's it called recital starlings back. So I mean, there's that. But uh, but yeah. you, you, you get uh, what I'm no saying. There's no barrier statue and no Smorg link. Right. So. 
But you see what I'm saying, though. Like, you know, like, hey, you know, going card neutral is, uh, I feel like, a very fair way to bring the power down. You know, like, things yeah. like Despia, et cetera, et cetera, you know, like, don't don't just keep plussing. You know, like, you just, you, you slow down. You put the, which, to be fair, I mean, Branded has, like, Springen's kit, which does that. Uh, so, I mean, like, it, it draws one and then puts one back at the bottom. Fair, you know. Uh, well, but if if not going card neutral, like putting heavier like uh, penalties on cards that plus would because like Pot of Desires is a really good card. Mm. I don't think like many people would argue that Pot of Desires uh, banished the top ten, draw two is a bad card. Mm. But like I would say that's a pretty steep penalty, and people still play it if they put penalties like that on. A bunch of cards that plus then you don't run as many of those cards you don't plus as much right because you 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 physically can't you can't banish 40 cards out of a, th- a 40 card deck no no you can't uh, and the restrictions is something that's actually the next point here he says type slash attribute locking should be more common i i, I oh I, I i misread that i thought it meant like having like a certain attribute deck so i I did put some uh yeah i put some uh examples on here that he didn't mention so like you know marincis locks itself into water types uh and tri-brigade locks itself into tri-brigade monsters with bear brum uh but is that really is that really a fix for certain decks because marincis like yeah if you play other things in the extra deck that aren't water types, you can't go into them, but mm. Marincess stays in water types. Where, uh, as yeah, if, but... if you were playing like a Synchron deck or something, mm. you may be going into multiple different attributes or types in the extra deck. I, I see what you're saying. Like, th- this could be, this could hit certain decks more than it would hit others, is what, is what you're getting at. Yeah. Like, for basically. example, Marincis would still, I mean, granted, Marincis isn't really, like, very strong right now. Um, no. But, yeah, like, you know, like, if Mar- we... Marincis is just the example that you have. It's just the example that I have. But, like, say, for example, like, in things like, and uh, I keep coming back to Despia because it's just so strong. Uh, but it does have fusions that it runs that aren't dark, you know? So, like, what what if you lock them into dark? Suddenly, you know, like... Uh, well, firstly, some of their combos just don't work anymore. Uh, but secondly, like, they'd have to find new ways to, like, kind of maneuver their board so that it's it's in a good place. You know what I'm saying? With, with that, you either... With, with, with that, I would say the go-to action is you either find a replacement for the non-dark mm-hmm. uh, fusions. Yeah. Or you just don't play Despia anymore because you can't, like, make that big of a board. And, like, it, I don't know. Type, type locking, I feel like, would be a better option than attribute locking. Yeah. But at the same time, it, I, I'm a little up in the air on this one and there's because... a, there's also such a thing as archetype locking you know where like for example that yeah. that's the bear brum effect where bear brum says you can only Lock summon the tri brigade monsters exactly so there's, there's a couple I, I can't think of any off the top I, of my i think abyss actors have uh Madonna, which locks you into abyss actors i think so too and i think uh, i if i'm not mistaken like the, what was the one that i was thinking never mind I, i'm pretty the sure that sh- the gimmick puppet one 
yeah, people Gim- were playing recently. Yeah, Gimmick Puppet does that. I was thinking Shiranui Mayakashi might do that, but I can't remember to be sure. So, like, uh, maybe I not. I can't think of a Mayakashi that does it. Right. But uh, yeah. next, Gimmick Puppets lock you into Gimmick Puppets, fun fact. But uh, mm-hmm. you, you don't play it in Gimmick Puppets. You play it in, what was it, Despia, Branded Despia? Yeah, to, to summon it with, like, Branded Expulsion. Yeah, it was it was so fucking summon frustrating. On, summon it onto your opponent's field so they're locked into Gimmick Puppets. Oh, I was so mad whenever that's, it would happen, man. I was like, come on. Uh, that card that card was, like, a 30-cent card from Hidden Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I found three of them and a binder mm. for 20 cents yeah and i i got rid of two of them for 20 bucks yeah so that's a that's a bit of a profit there no that's a hell of a profit there uh that's like whenever i found like that you know pulling the rug is just a good card in edison and i bought so much light of destruction back in the day that i had like stacks of I put them up for sale on TCG Player, man, and I made out like a bandit. It was great because you know, like back then, uh, back then it was a cheap card. You know, like you could get pulling the rug everywhere. <laughs> this is a little off topic, but that's one of the great things about like the old cards from the old formats is that even though they may seem like they have a horrible effect or they're not that useful, mm-hmm. there's going to be a there may be a time or a place where some new archetype comes out. And then just oddly specific enough that Mushroom Man number two becomes a meta relevant oh, card God, for like, a couple of weeks. Yeah, like it did with Cash. Holy mother. That was weird. Uh, but went up to the card shop, was like, hey, I noticed you have 18 of these for a dollar. I want to buy all 18. He's like, what? <laughs> okay. Sells them to me. And I was like, yeah, they're going for like eight bucks now. Nice. He's like, oh, we have more. I'm going to put them for $8, though. You can't have these. Yeah, yeah. You, you lucked out with this. Uh, and the, the next bullet point here might uh, might interest uh, Brother Gamma in the chat because it includes one of his favorite cards, which is Double Ancient uh, Warrior's Oath, Double Dragon Lords. Uh, Paul says too many things have negate and destroy effects. He would rather see things that are like that have a double dragon lords effect, which it bounces, or that have a book of moon effect, where it, which where it flips it face down. Uh, his like argument, ghost reaper, yeah, like not ghost reaper, uh, ghost ogre. Uh, well, ghost is the one that destroys and doesn't negate. Destroys and doesn't negate precisely. And I am personally very like you know, for example, I don't enjoy going up against Borolod Savage Dragon, but I like that Borolod Savage Dragon will destroy, will negate my thing, but he won't destroy it. You know, so like if he negates a monster effect, I still have a monster. Uh, unlike yeah. Baron the Floor, which will negate it and destroy it. So like, you know, if I try to activate an effect, I not not only whiffed my effect, but I also now don't have a resource. So, you know, like uh, effects like that, kind of annoying to be honest with you. Uh, but like I, I kind of love Borolod Savage Dragon because it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, is it big? Sure. But if it negates me, I still have a monster. So I could do like a link summon. I could do this. I could do that. You know, like there's infinite possibilities while you still have a resource. Uh, Whereas, you know, without your resource, you just tried and basically tripped, you know, like nothing, nothing else happens. Um, So, yeah, like I I personally agree with this one. Uh, The bouncing is actually one of my favorite things because there's a lot of things that that can usually recover from like a destruction effect. But usually, like, a bounce effect kind of, like, turns off a lot of things that you don't think it would. Like, for example, the Mirror Jade effect. If I destroy Mirror Jade, 
at the end of that turn, uh, my my entire field of monsters goes away. But if I bounce Mirror Jade, suddenly I'm I don't have a problem. <laughs> you know, uh, so kind of a fun thing. But again, it doesn't negate those. So you know, like if you try to summon a resource and I bounce it. Like you still have your, you still get that resource. You still get that effect from the summon. Exactly, you still get the effect. So you know, nice. Uh, I I think that that one's a good one. I I I personally enjoy it when decks are interesting like that. Uh, Labyrinth at the very start, whenever everybody was running three compulse, you know, like super fun. Like I I love just messing with my opponents whenever they would summon something, and I could tell that they were about to make something big. So I would bounce one of the resources back to their hand, and suddenly they just don't have it. Uh, always bounce the tuner back and just watch the like life like fade from your opponent's eyes. Yeah, like the the tuner, or or like you know if they have a link two or, or like a link three, and you know they're going into Avermax, just bounce the link three. Now they don't, they can't make a link four. <laughs> you know something like that. You know, like just just fu- like mess around with their with their stuff. It's great. Uh, bounce the mushroom man number two bounce the mushroom man uh he says that uh that there should be costs or small bodies on omni negates and this is something that i brought up a long time ago that i thought it was weird that things that can negate anything don't have a big cost like i I, like for example one of the things that kind of comes to mind was like imperial order that they they kind of had to make it so that like hey this isn't optional you're paying 700 life points per uh, per standby phase while this thing is on the field and uh but the problem with that is 700 life points is nothing yeah not now it means nothing like back then it was kind of like you know because people were a lot, a lot more conservative with life points back in the day these days it, yeah, it because could, back then it wasn't really used as a resource it was used as a like a point system right right whereas now now it is a it's a resource it's an extra resource yeah uh so you know like i still remember back in the day the graveyard oh no my stuff is in the graveyard ah like life points i'm like oh no i'm losing life points ah but now it's like is there stuff in my graveyard i can work with this do i still have enough life points to to use as a resource i can work with this you know like it's it's weird how the game has changed uh, but yeah, so like, you know, like I agree 100% that, uh, negates should have, uh, a cost like, and not just like, Hey, this is just a free thing that you can do once per turn. One of my favorites being forbidden droplet. I think forbidden droplet is an excellently designed card, like so good because it's like, yeah, because it, and it, it just negates monsters, but then you can discard a spell or a trap too. Right. And have it negate that stuff too yeah so it's kind of like things can't you can't respond to forbidden droplet with a type of card that you discarded for its effect so like you know like if i if i if i send like a monster and a trap well you can't respond to my activation of this card with a monster or a trap but if you have a spell you're 100 percent free to you know or and like that so uh there's that but it's also like it's not an automatic turn off your opponent's entire field like a dark ruler no more you actually have to invest into it yeah. uh and uh additionally like you know it can't invest itself so i mean that's a good thing I- i'm happy that you know like somebody at konami thought about that because you know like that that would have been something that i just never thought about is like oh yeah send any number of cards active on your field whatever i was like okay so i can send the forbidden droplet that i just activated i was like sure <laughs> you know like this is why i'm not a game designer because i in my head i would have never thought that people would have abused that 
but yeah, so like I like that it's it's a heavy investment. It's a really good card because it'll it it stops your opponent from 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 responding and it negates effects and it also has a, attack power, etc. But sometimes like the cost that you have to sink into it to do what you need it to can be heavy. So it, well, it's I, I feel like the cost needs to be heavy for an omni negate because that negates everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm trying to think of one uh, an omni negate that doesn't have any cost to it. Baron. Like, uh, yeah, I guess Baron is one. Yeah, uh, Baron is one. But, <laughs> but like the the first two that came to mind was Boral Savage Dragon. Which I would argue that its cost is not really that much of a cost. It really isn't because <laughs> you 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 make it, and then it gets a counter for every link marker uh, of the link monster in the graveyard that you equip to it. Mm-hmm. But the other one that I thought of, which I would say is probably a really good example, is A to Z Dragon Cannon Buster. I don't know what that you one is. Mm-hmm. That is the one that you have to banish ABC dragon cannon and or abc dragon buster and xyz dragon cannon Mm -hmm. and you summon a to z dragon cannon buster buster cannon dragon something like that yeah and it's whenever your opponent activates a card discard a card negate the card and destroy it yeah yeah so it's it's the amount well there's the amount of effort that it takes to summon the card you you have to put in a lot of work to summon it Mm mm-hmm and then it has an effect that you can negate pretty much anything, and the only cost is that you have to have cards in your hand. Yeah. And so you're giving up card advantage by doing that, but you're at the same time, you're, I guess you're not giving up card advantage. You're going one for one with whatever you're negating. But yeah, uh, uh, I feel like Omni Negate should be like difficult to get. Yeah, they should be difficult to get, or they should cost a lot, or they should be small, like Herald of the Arclight. Because you can punch over Herald of the Arclight very easily. Like, a lot of the times he exists specifically, like, because he does have a kind of like a, a D-shifter effect. But, yeah. you know, like, if you normal summon and just enter battle and punch over him, you can you can do that. You know, he's only got, like, what, a thousand attack and defense? That's not a lot. Uh I think he's a thousand, a thousand, yeah. Yeah, so like that, you can punch over it, but imagine your opponent has Baron to Floor instead, right? You know, like yeah, three thousand body. You could just normal summon and punch over that. Yeah, like you, you, you normal summon. Like what? What is it? Like uh, shoot, uh, uh, King of Beasts or whatever. Like Alpha, the the yeah, like whatever. Or, yeah, under skill drain, whatever. Boom. Uh, so like just, just uh Harold is actually six hundred one thousand. Yeah, so that's small. And you know, like he has two really good effects, like an omni negate and, and like uh what's it called? Like a banish, like a D shifter effect. But he's not that big that you can't deal with him. So like I that that's a fair example. Uh me personally, like, you know, when I think of omni negates that are fair, or, or like, you know, that I'm like, I I don't have a problem with this because of the cost attached to it, is solemn judgment. Solemn Judgment will negate everything, but you're giving up half your life points every time you use it. Like, so yeah. imagine imagine that on Baron de Fleur, you know? Uh, so, 
and see that people would still use Baron. Yeah, see how many people still use the, the drawback of you pay a thousand life points. Yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure people still would. Not I would a thousand, half your life points. Yeah, half your life points. I still would. You know, like that's that's still a really good effect. So, and then the last thing that he had on here is like once while on the field, and I feel like all of these kind of like fit on Baron to floor almost because once while on the field is also like it's omni negate. You know, like, you can only use it once while it's on the field, and then after that, once you burnt it, that's it. No more no more negates for Baron. You know, it still has its pop effect every turn, but, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't have its negate anymore unless you manage to re-summon it. So, you know, yeah. And, and I, f- I feel like most cards do have... Uh, yeah, there's, there's cards that have once per turn and everything. I, f- I feel... This one I don't feel like is that bad I, I feel like giving more things like hard once per turns mm-hmm. would probably benefit that way you can't just summon that way you thing, can't like miss valley apex avian yeah like infinitely if you, you have like you just yeah yeah no because that that like, is stupid having once per turns and then having hard once per turns that's 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 something that i recently watched a video over and i, I still like have a very weak understanding of what it means. Mm. Oh, I, I, because it's, it's a very like small change in the wording of what makes it a once per turn. Right. Because it's like uh once per turn you can versus uh you can use this once per turn. Uh usually, thing. usually whenever it's written like you can only use the effect of name once per turn, then that's a hard once per turn. Yeah. Yeah. And then like if it's just like yeah, you you can only use you this can effect. use this effect once per turn. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it it's like very minor change, and it's uh, just make it all hard once per turn. Yeah, like all hard once per turn. I've heard that take before too. So, but yeah, th- this is his uh, his suggestions on how we could like fix the balancing on the game. Like, what do you think? I think that some of these I like. Um, well, I think that I went through like. 50 to 75 percent of the slide thinking that it was uh how we can get new players into the game and i was just confused to fuck as to how this would do anything for getting new people in the reason actually read the title of his videos of how to balance the how how to balance it uh yeah the the way that makes a lot more sense of what we were talking about for the last like 20 minutes so the way that this would help in getting new players is that for one thing if your game is balanced and you know like suddenly there's a lot less stuff for your opponent for for your new players to learn uh we we talked about last week that you know like konami does kind of a shit job uh of uh of making it easy for players to to enter this game and uh like one of the things that you know was brought up in the raw run video is that like cards are unintuitive and difficult to learn and they work really weird and i think that balancing them a lot you know so that they they're not unfair and so that they work a lot more consistently and that you know like you you know for example if everything had a once uh, had a hard once per turn you know that your opponent can't just cycle a card and keep doing something stupid you know so like it, yeah. it makes it a little easier on new players for that reason because learning the game is a lot less intimidating is a lot more fair is a lot more balanced and you know, like, there's a lot less to a lot less to keep in mind. Um, you know, like I, I feel like that that's a fair assessment. Um, one thing that I do have to say, and this is something that I didn't mention last week, but I do mention that I, I do want to mention this week, is that 
you know, last week we talked about how Konami, again, does a shit job of teaching new players what they need to be doing, right? But I feel like it, it is overwhelmingly positive in the in the community proper. Like, the community itself is so welcoming, so accommodating, and so good at just helping new players. You know, uh, and one of the biggest examples is Decade. You know, like, his Master Dual Meta, his Dual Meta uh, series on, on, on YouTube teaches you yeah. everything about every every new card that comes out. He tells you what to look for, what to expect, you know, how to counter, all that. And then his Master Dual website has, like, breakdowns of, like, which strategies are doing well. What do the decks look like? What are the ratios? What are the combos? And if you join his Discord server, even more. I mean, like, DK's uh, community is insane with the amount of resources that it puts out there for new players. Um, and not just them, but, like, also, like, uh, uh, we we keep coming back to Raran, but, like, he, Simo got in touch with him. Simo wants to teach him Edison, you know? So, like, you notice how, like, whenever somebody is like, I don't understand Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh hard, the Yu-Gi-Oh community comes out in waves to just be like, we'll help you. You know, like, we, we that's what we're here for. We love this game. We want you to enjoy this game. We'll teach you. And it's something that happened to me at Locals, too, whenever I was brand, uh, whenever I was coming back. Uh, like, you know, not brand new, but I was coming back, right? And there was a there was a couple of things that like uh, I I hadn't wrapped my head around, like for example, link zones and stuff like that. And uh, it, it was something that I would keep that I would mess up every time that I would just uh, I would just summon uh, link monsters and then just forget. Like, hey, you you need to have a link zone open to summon a link monster into it. And veteran players were so understanding, you know, like they just let me take the the move back. Like, hey, you know what? You didn't know. Wind it back. Let's try again. And uh, same thing with like, you know, whenever I was like, hey, I'm coming back into the game. I've been out of the game for like in the neighborhood of 10 years. Uh, there's a lot of things that I don't know. And they're like, oh, well, if you've been out of the game for quite some time, you're going to need some engines. And I got entire engines from people who were just like, hey, you want to play the game? You, this right here is a great way to start. I have extras of this. Just take it, you know, like l learn to play that. It'll be great. Uh, and it was it was phenomenal. It was incredible. Like, you do have your douchebags from time to time who kind of look down on you for not knowing, you know? Yeah. But for the most part, it was an extremely positive experience. And uh, it's it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Uh, so, like, yeah, Konami, it, the onus should be on them for making the game easy to access for, like, new players. But I got to give it to the community for just knocking it out of the park and just being as welcoming as they are, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, mo moving on to the next thing, uh, getting into comic books is hard. <laughs> and That's uh, why I haven't even attempted to do it. Yeah, and I know that Brother Gamma in the chat is is a fan of comics. He's a fan of independent comics. Uh, you know, like, he, he, he likes Spawn in them. Uh, and so and so do I. You know, like, I'm a fan of, like, not, not independent, but, like, you know, third party. You know, like, the, the first party being, like, of course, you know, your Marvels, your DCs. Uh, but I, so am I, you know, like I'm a fan of, uh, of image comics. That's my favorite brand. Right. And, but that being said, I got started with like regular superheroes, such as Superman, Spider-Man, Captain America. Those are my top three. I will always go to bat for those guys. Um, and the thing about, huh, about American comics in particular is that they've been going on for a long time. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, since the 1930s. 
So it, it's it, it's a long history to catch up with. And sometimes you would think that some things that happened back in the day wouldn't matter. But for some reason, they do. You know, like th- something happened in the 1980s to Batman. And now I have to know of it about it to make sense of like this new story that he's in. You know, it, it's so it's so dumb. Uh, he 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 passed the the Riddler's son back in 1942, and the Riddler's son was like offended by the fact that he passed him. Yeah, and now in 2023, the Riddler's son has come back to fight the son of Batman. Yeah, so like it's it's so dumb. Like you know, like hey, you need to know. Sometimes you need to know like these little obscure facts to make sense sense of things, right? Uh, and you know, like I generally started reading comics in the neighborhood of like high school thereabouts. Uh, so I, uh, and I've been a fan of superheroes my entire life. You know, like I watched like all of the, the TV shows, like Superman, the animated series was my jam, like 90 Sp- Spider-Man, my jam, like Batman, the animated series, my jam. And like, Oh God, justice league, justice league. Ah, it's just fucking my jam. Goddamn banger. And so, you know, like, uh, I, I fucking love this. Uh, here's the thing that uh, that's to be said, though, is like, you know, like, it, it can be a little bit of a, a, of a chore to get into it. Like, for example, like if I haven't bought a comic in a long time, but if I wanted to get into the stories now, uh, I would have some homework to do. Uh, I need to know, like, the events that have taken place in the past, I don't know, X amount of years if I'm lucky just a couple of months and then I could just kind of like pick up and go uh but that that's kind of a lot and the the history is kind of intimidating you know like how much lore do I need to know to make sense of what Jimmy Olsen is doing at the Daily Planet re- these days eh you know it's it's a lot so uh this guy on YouTube again I mentioned his name was Comic Drake uh Comic Drake his he reads comics his name is Drake uh, has a couple of uh, things that he uh, that he recommends for the American comic book industry because uh, I I think that one of the things that was kind of like unspoken and they expected to be the case was that hey we're making Hollywood blockbusters everybody loves the MCU uh, the the DCEU not as much but you know what we're getting attention we got we got action figures on shelves uh, so you know like they kind of expected that to do a lot of the heavy lifting you know like the Flash TV show is really good. You know, like the the Arrowverse on the CW is really, really fun. So, like, hey, we have good TV shows. We have good movies. You know, like, read some comics maybe. And uh, it doesn't translate because it's not the same type of media, you know. So it, it translates very badly. Uh, so they, they're struggling kind of the same way that Yu-Gi-Oh! is struggling to attract and keep new blood. And with, with the amount of work that they have to do for the sake of, uh, of getting into the hobby, it's not surprising. Uh, with that said, here's a couple of things that he mentioned is, uh, for example, hey, look, why do comic book companies only advertise in comic book shops? Why do they only advertise inside comic books themselves? You know, like if I'm reading Amazing Spider-Man, oh, here's an ad for Uncanny X-Men inside of Spider-Man. Hey, guess what? I didn't need that advertisement. I'm already invested. (laughs) You know, like I'm already reading comics, dude. What are you advertising to me for? You need to advertise to new people. So he kind of like put it out there like, hey, 
maybe pay influencers? Did you ever think about that? You know, like that seems to be the way that a lot of companies are getting a lot of traction these days. And it's hard to disagree. Um, another thing is, uh, and this is something that like, I, I it's a shame that Mordor isn't here. Uh, but like, th this is something that he and I talk about all the time. And this is like our biggest gripe. Too many titles. Too many titles, too many issues. And if you want to keep up, that means that you have to kind of like invest in all of the different titles. And just to give an example here is like Wolverine is in the X-Men. Wolverine is in the Avengers. Wolverine makes a cameo in the Fantastic Four. So do you want to know what Wolverine is doing? You have to read all those books. But you also have to pick up his standalone book, Wolverine, you know, like so... Like, in order to keep up with Wolverine, you need to read four different books. And back in the day when comic books were cheap, like, you know, in the neighborhood of, like, 30 cents, whatever, right? But, like, these days, uh, 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 comic books can range anywhere from 5 to $7, $8, depending on, like, what kind of issue it is. Like, hey, is it a special? Or is it, like, just your regular monthly? Is it a bonus? You know, like, so, like... That's a lot of money. And, you know, like if you have to pick up several different like books just to keep up with your favorite character, that's a lot to ask. And so like uh, the, the suggestion that he made and I actually did this is something that I started doing like a long time ago is like, hey, do you want to keep up with a character? Well, why don't you just buy like the trade paperback, which is what they call it, it, it where it's not it's not an issue that costs you nine, like, you know, seven bucks. Uh, it, it's it's a volume and it'll cost you maybe 15 bucks, but it'll have the entire run of that story, you know? And I'm like, that that just makes more sense. It's more bang for your buck. It's so stupid that you would expect us to get all of these individually and then complain that they're not selling, you know? Um, yeah, well, I mean, we, we're living in the age of the internet, too. Yeah. So, I mean, if you really wanted to go back and read that comic that has the, like, one of encounter that you need to know about, from 1953 mm -hmm. you just look it up online and, and read it online yeah and uh that, that's kind of a big thing that that's causing like the, their sales to plummet is you know piracy you know like it's 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 a dang shame but yeah like you know honestly like what, what do you expect you know like you're making it too hard for people to get into your into your hobby and you're making it too hard to access the comics that they would need and for the sake of knowing well, what's like, going it, to, to to get that comic that you need from 50 years ago how yeah. do you get it exactly you can't just buy it from the company because the company doesn't print it anymore exactly you have to find a collector who's going to come off of it and that's going to cost you a ton of money and it's if you're just reading it for fun you're not going to go to a collector and be like hey can i read your limited edition near mint copy that you've had sealed for 50 plus years that's worth like four thousand dollars yeah no. You're not going to do that. And, and there, here's, and I'm so glad that you brought up the internet because that is kind of like a thing that he touched on. Did you know that Marvel and DC both have apps where you can read comic books? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's, here's the thing. Why is their subscription so expensive? You know, like it doesn't make sense. Like, like their subscription is like, oh yeah, just for nine ninety nine a month. I, I'm not, I'm not sure how much they cost because you know, like I didn't look into it, but they are expensive. Uh, so like just for this much money, you can read stuff. Whereas Shonen Jump, on the other hand, is like, hey, you can read all of the latest chapters for free. Do you want to read some back chapters? Cool. That'll be two dollars a month. Two. <laughs> you know, it, so it is. Uh, 999 
or an annual fee of $69.99 for Marvel. Yeah, imagine that. Whereas it's going to be grand total $24 for Shonen Jump if you have like a yearly membership because it's $2 a month. You know, so it's like... Well, like you, you could get by with like and, and, having the subscription for free, honestly. Yeah, you can. And just charge for having like the newer issues for like the past year or so. And that's kind of the other thing is that that that's almost what Shonen Jump does because what Shonen Jump does is it lets you read the latest chapters for free, but like it's the back issues that they charge you for, right? To to access the library, and it, it when you think about it, it's like if you're caught up with your favorite book, you can cancel your sus- subscription and then just kind of keep up with the latest chapters. Yeah, yeah, you know, like and it doesn't hurt you. Uh, and a lot of people, like from my understanding, they they don't even Which bother. Which is why I would say have that switched. That way, to yeah. keep up with the latest book, you have to. You're getting revenue from that, right? But at the same time, yeah, it makes sense. And, and here's the other thing too: is like you know the 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 fact that they make it so easy to get into their manga is basically what the Pokemon company does with the with the anime with the with all that, right? It's basically just a commercial for merch. <laughs> it's a commercial for merch it's a commercial for games it's a commercial for like cards all that because it it's let's you know whenever you're into a hobby you're gonna invest into various different facets of that hobby like i'm a fan of like you know like a couple of uh jump titles that i found by being on the app and because of that i have gone out and bought physical volumes of those of those titles you know like i have a volume of don to don i have a volume of like kaiju number eight you know, like I have this, I have that. And, and all of it because I'm like, I, I had access to it and the access made me a fan. And now I'm willing to invest in this title because I, I enjoy it, you know? And and like, it's so stupid that Marvel and DC aren't on board with this because I'm like, dude, like, honestly, why are you gatekeeping people from from issues that happened 50 years ago? <laughs> you know, like, like, you can't still be making money off of those. It doesn't make sense. Uh but yeah, like so. There's that, and then yeah, so like embrace the digital me- medium, streamline, stop doing issues, start doing volumes. Th- these are all things that he mentioned, and I I feel like yeah, that makes sense to me. You know, like I, I feel like that that's a fair assessment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Brother Gamma mentions uh, an, a specific fancy issue, which oh that that reminds me. Sometimes issues have variant covers. And the variant covers are always more expensive. So he mentions here that one of them cost him about nine bucks. Which, if you're, if you're trying to get into the hobby, that sounds insane. You know, like if you're, I mean, I mean, you have to think about the game that we play, Bart. We yeah. have cards that have variant artworks too that are more expensive. So uh, that's very I, true. It's, it's common practice. And how weird is because it? Because like? you can you can have the five dollar secret rare. Lady Labyrinth, or you can have the two hundred dollars Starlight Rare, Lady Labyrinth. I'm not gonna lie, I want that Starlight Rare. I do, I do, I yeah. do. But yeah. See, like, if, if you want the if you want the fancy thing, you got to pay a little more money. I know, but and I don't want to pay the it, money. Does it change? Mm-hmm. Does it change anything about mm-hmm. what's inside or what's on the card? No. Yeah. Yeah. It's still the same card. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's the same card. I, I agree with you. I still want it, and but I'm not gonna pay for it. I'm not gonna do it. 
Uh, I paid $50 for a Hungry Burger. Yeah, no, I'm because not. I wanted a collector's rare Hungry Burger. <laughs> Oh man, but anyway, like uh, moving on from from this. So these are two examples of how to fix, uh, you know, like uh, your fandom. You know, like hey, you're a fan of of a uh, card game that's difficult. Let's try to simplify it. You a fan of like a uh, uh, a hobby that's particularly expensive to get into? How about we make it easier to get into that way? Because you're still gonna make money off of them, DC, Marvel. I mean, like if they commit, they're gonna pay for merch. You know, they're gonna pay. Why are you gatekeeping people from giving you money? I don't understand. Uh, but yeah, and I guess uh, the last thing uh, regarding all this is uh, Yu-Gi-Oh sets too expensive for too little impact. Ruxin made a video, uh, and apparently, like uh, I think it was like Beckett decided to stop carrying Yu-Gi-Oh because the latest sets just haven't sold well. We're talking, and so- that, that's fair because yeah. what came out in the latest sets that was good. Mm-hmm. Like you had Asynchron card from the last core set. Mm-hmm. You had. I don't even know what, like the Synchron card was the chase card and it was like 50 Syn- bucks. Yeah, uh, formu- but, I think it's Formula Synchron. No, it wasn't Formula Synchron. It was no, like, it, wasn't. Egg- it, was, it was like the dragon looking one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I so, can't think of what its name is, but like the, the, the recent sets aren't good. No. Like they have some good cards, but they're not like. Exactly. They have some good go cards. chase them. Right, like so. For example, yeah. there, like how 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 starving were you for new Batlin boxer support? I, I'm pretty sure when that came out, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna go buy 17 boxes so I can get my Battle and Boxer deck up and going." Yeah, exactly. Like nobody's playing Battle and Boxers, <laughs> and and Salamangrates. No. Oh my god, like we're we're making. We're giving you uh, the chance for a ghost rare sunlight wolf. I'm like, yeah, because Salamangrate is relevant right well, now, right? <laughs> Salad, I could. Okay, so the the set in theory could have done well. Yeah, because in it theory. had two fan favorites, and which were Salad what was part of Salad was part of Toss. That okay. was one of that was the fan one of the fan favorite decks during Toss format was Salmon Great. Mm-hmm. They didn't really give it. I mean, the support that they gave it was okay. It's not going to bring it back out of like obscurity into mm-hmm. the limelight. Mm-hmm. And then the other set, which was a huge fan favorite, was Volcanics. Yeah, and, and they they've been crying they for support for support. forever. <laughs> gave them support, but the support was not. It, it's not going to really do anything. You can probably have a couple people try to play Volcanics, but it's not going to be like next top tier deck. Yeah. So like, and this happened with the last uh, legendary duelist set with the the water one. Mm-hmm. because yeah, they, had the they were giving them away as a sign of uh for for tournaments there they're they're like they're like 20 to 30 bucks for a box yeah they were 20 they're to 30 bucks for a box cheap yeah they were so okay. cheap and, and like the I thing is the chase, you... the chase card is uh forbidden forbidden droplet. droplet i think yeah <laughs> and like the pull rate on that is so low yeah i opened up like seven boxes yeah me and, and Helix opened up about seven, like, and we each got one. Because <laughs> I, I was just doing it as like a, a fucking meme because I wanted uh, three fish sonar. Oh, I see. And I got a fish sonar and like three forbidden droplets. Yeah, like no, but the, like the, the thing pull is, rates on those boxes are horrid. And you could you could open a lot of those because they were cheap. You know, like again, they were twenty bucks. So like, why not? Yeah. You know, like you, you get a chance for you, for you either. 
And then you sell the droplet for another box. Yeah, you sell the droplet for another box. Uh, so, like, it, it's it's just... So, yeah, like, the latest sets haven't been producing cards that are really good. And I'm going to kind of take a really strong stance here. I think that there is overlap between this problem and the problem that American comics are having. Because the, the problem with American comics, again, too many titles, too many issues, too expensive, too hard to keep up. I think Yu-Gi-Oh! is doing the same. They are printing entirely too many sets. And I'll, because they're printing so many sets, not every one of them can be a banger. You know, so like a, a lot of the stuff that you're getting is just, you, you know, like it's just whatever. You know, like I don't care about this because it's 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 not even going to be good. You know, like it's just going to be like you get a bunch of commons that don't do anything. And then you get like maybe one good card that could be good in a deck later on, you know, I don't know bonfire well, I, you know like i think it was um i think it was aps they did a video about hot takes mm -hmm. and one of the hot takes was that you should just get one you, you should be able to buy a pack mm -hmm. that just has one of every card for 30 bucks or for 40 bucks whatever does magic do that no, I don't uh, think so. Because uh, I know that they have I, a lot of packs that are like 30, 40 like bucks. A dual but... Devastator thing. Oh, okay. $30, you get a pack that has like one of each staple card for the time. It had like all the Ghost Girls. It had, a, uh, I think, DD Crow, Gamma. I think it had Inspector Border. Like yes. a bunch of like staple cards. Right. And for 30 bucks, you got a guaranteed one copy of each so for three or for ninety dollars you could have a playset of all of these staples and you could just use that yeah and i'm thinking what they were saying in the uh hot take or whatever i saw it on i don't remember anymore mm. was that konami should do a thing where you can go and whenever they have a new set you can just buy one copy of each card from that set for like the price of the box. I, I feel like that. Yeah. You know, like I, I get that. I, I feel like the, the reason that they wouldn't it, it do would, that is mess because... with the third market. Right. It, like the only reason why they wouldn't is because it would like tank the third party market. Uh, absolutely. The, the market that we don't talk about, but uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's difficult for me to, to, to consider because like, here's the thing. A, a lot of the card shops around me don't carry Yu-Gi-Oh anymore. You know, like, the, I happen to yeah, live in... Because an, why would you? Yeah, why would you? And I happen to live in an area where, surprisingly, like, the two card shops near me are huge Yu-Gi-Oh scenes. So, like, even if they don't make their money off of product, they'll make their money because of, like, tournament entry, you know? So, like... Well, um, to just cut in here real quick. Mm -hmm. Our card shop, uh, we, we don't have really much of a Yu-Gi-Oh scene. Mm-hmm like we did because a lot of people they've been going to like the bigger tournaments and regionals and stuff lately mm. but at the same time uh they had a problem where it was a magic the gathering shop that mm. had Yu-Gi-Oh sealed product mm. and it was, people were getting frustrated about it that well it's a magic shop and people aren't Yu-Gi-Oh players aren't really getting catered to they have a ton of Yu-Gi-Oh sets because the stuff's just not selling and because... that's so sad, you know, like, again, you know, like, this is, uh, it's scary to consider that your, that your hobby's dying, 
you know, and but when you see things like this, like for example, like things like uh, APS saying that you know, like the game is complicated, and you know, we have players who are who are new to the game who are confirming, hey, it, it's difficult to get into, um, and at at the same time, like newer sets just aren't doing that well. You know, it, it's it's kind of a scary thing. But the good thing is that Konami has realized this is a problem because they had that uh, the board meeting, the board meeting in yeah. which they said how do we fix this and right by acknowledging that there's a problem that is the first step to fixing it yes and, and i hope they do you know like i, I really do because like you know i i think I mean, they, they have to or else the game the game goes under right and like, so if you don't fix a glaring problem like this then your game does not last it, you you can't have a a working game so here's a question that I have for you. Like, and, you know, this is something that just kind of like crossed my mind because I'm like, I, the TCG is hard to get into. I, I'll, I'll grant you that. However, you know, things like Master Tool are super, super easy to get into and very cost effective to get into. What would, what would your opinion be if Yu-Gi-Oh! just went full digital? No. Yeah. Because that keeps people who don't have access to like a computer or a phone or the internet or something hmm. away from your product. That's like, true. Cause there, there's some people that like, e even though it is 2023, they don't have phones. They don't have computers. They aren't like well off where you can buy like they have dollar store packs for like 99 cents that you can buy hmm. where as a phone bill is what anywhere from 40 to a hundred dollars depending yeah. on who you have thereabouts yeah so like going full digital like like i said i think like maybe no. having a like like i said a, a pack that contains one of each card have them all be common rarity and then have a chance for one of them to be a higher chase rarity like uh, a card that's supposed to be an ultra rare is a common but you have a chance of getting an ultra rare version of it in the pack right or and if... i feel like that th this is a, a problem that pokemon has handled so well you know and we've mentioned this before that they 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 print the same cards in varying rarities so everyone has access to yeah. it you know like the, the question is like how blinged out do you want your deck to be you know so yeah it, it's I, I like it, you know, like that what they do, and I, I feel like you're right, you know, like making it, making the staples had, accessible is is key. If we had as many rarities as they have in the OCG, mm -hmm. we we could have just like a, a pack like this where it's all commons, and then maybe like four or five of the cards would just be a random higher rarity, mm -hmm. like. You you'll have a chance of it being the rarity it's supposed to be. Yeah, like you and can you, you can have, have your common imperm, like a parallel rare or a starlight rare or something like that. that the rarity way it's not collection like completely destroying. Yeah, a, an economy. But right, but I don't know. It, it, we're we're just two dudes on the internet trying to find a situation. Uh, answer to a problem that we have no control over. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, Konami isn't going to listen to us. But people in Jakarta might. I fucking hate you. <laughs> All right, but like mo moving on from this, let's uh, get into some the lighter. The Master Duel ban list came out. The Master Duel ban list did come out, yes. And, uh, and I, I see here on the forbidden list, Master Duel after what, a year, two years? 
it, being it's a year yeah around. roughly yeah uh they finally banned rongo bongo and block dragon yeah like two things that have been like historically banned in like in real life play like suddenly master duels are like hey you know what maybe these are a problem I'm like you think <laughs> They're slowly getting other cards like uh, that grass. I is pole not pole position. Um, chicken game is that still legal? Yes. One day. One day. One we'll, day. One day. <laughs> so, like personally, I uh, I, I like the Rongo and what do you call it and Block Dragon or Bad Blocky Boy. Yeah. We this doesn't go into effect for another five days, by the way. So I mean, like you still have time to play them if you're that kind of person. Uh, you know, like just play them the hell away from me. <laughs> you Gamma, we know you play out of <laughs> We're looking at you, brother Gamma, with your Block Dragon. <laughs> Dude, uh, the, just real quick. Uh-huh. That was the biggest like tragedy of 2020. What was? Oh uh, yeah, where, where <laughs> it was uh, 2019 when Block Dragon got banned because Adam Emancipator was like the top tier deck on all uh, like non official dueling websites, right? Because of Block Dragon, because and then of they Block banned Dragon. Block Dragon. Yeah. So Adam Emancipator was the tier zero deck that never got to be tier zero. It was the tier zero deck that never was. Uh, and you'll notice that a lot of the forbidden cards uh, are just just uh, facilitate jank. So you know, Rongo, yeah. Agito, which is for tier elements, Bish Balkan, which is uh, in like twenty different like FTK decks, Block Dragon, Dude, Bish Balkan, so stupid though. Yeah, Bish Balkan is stupid, and uh, of course, tier elements Merly. So you know, like all all of this is just jank. You know, like well, it, jank defined as you know decks that just go go go. You know, so like I was gonna say, jank is usually like something that's stupid that works. Yeah, stupid that works. But like in in the I way that I'm that using, like Rongo and uh, Bish Balkan and maybe Block Dragon are like janky. Yeah, I am. Like Guido and Tears, like eh. I, I've always used jank as kind of like, and I know that this isn't the correct way to use it, but I've always used it to define a deck that's just like, yeah, you could try to play against it, but it's just gonna do what it wants. You know, so like that, that kind of that. And I guess that that's just because that that's my experience when facing jank decks. Like this one time that I played a guy who was playing Ice Jade's, uh, Ice Jade, Crystron, like all the Synchro Monster Turbo. And like I tried to interact with him, but like ultimately it's like, hey, there's too much extension going on here. You'll never stop it. And I was like, okay. Uh, I see. I don't like the words that you just said. Yeah, so it, it was. I, it, I don't like the thought of Ice Jade Christron, but I feel like it would work. It, it worked for him. It worked extremely well for him, and I, I was playing meta at the time, so it's weird to me that I, he got away with it. So, like you know, there it is. Uh, to to address uh, Royal Gargoyle in the chat, he says that uh, bands seem hard to do as well. Yeah, kinda. You know, like because. But here's the thing, uh, there, Konami has a lot of different avenues where they can kind of gauge what's a problem using statistics, and then they just don't do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why Firewall Dragon got so many different things, or not Firewall, uh, Hockey Firebricks got so many. And no, fuck it, Firewall got things banned too. Yeah, like, you know, they, they'll, so it, it's, ideally, they would hit the thing that statistically is the problem. In practice, what they do is like, they, if the if the problem is a new card that's still making them money, They'll ban everything else around it, hoping what's, that the card's what's, what's not a problem. Dragoon being like special summoned easily by 
Verte Anaconda. Uh, let, let's just ban all the tuners. Yeah, just ban all the tuners. Just ban everything why? else except Verte. Why? <laughs> People aren't even using Halk. Why are you banning tuners? Ban the tuners. Uh, here's, ban them all. Here's some weird ones. Uh, so, like, Sprite is meta right now on Master Duel. Kind of, sort of. It's like a, uh, like a tier three. Uh, they hit Jet, and, and they hit, like, Swap Frog, but they left Elf alone. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> like, I, yeah, well, for us, we got Elf banned, El, right? Elf and was then, banned, yes. Yeah, and then we also got Ronan Toten. And Ronan Toten, yes. Uh, but here, the, I guess the, the reason that they went for the swap frog is because if you limit the amount of swap frogs, you limit how much Ronan Toten can do. Uh, do you? I mean, you could use... I feel dupe. like Ronan Toten doesn't really care how you, much swap you could, frogs you have. You could use dupe frog, I guess, just to kind of supplement it, but why would you? Uh, but I feel like, like Ronan Toten's the problem, and I don't know why they touch swap for it. Here's the one that surprises me. Branded fusion to one. This is surprising to me because, like, ever since, like, you know, the 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 dawn of Tear on Master Duel and, like, now Kashtira is full power, right? Yeah. Like, Branded really wasn't doing anything. <laughs> like well, you... Branded, Branded was, like, one of those, uh, it was like an Eldritch deck almost where it was, like, it didn't matter if it was good or not. People still played it because it could win. Yeah, like it, it can win. But, yeah, nothing to say. Like you know, Brandon is still super strong, like ridiculously strong. But like the thing is, yeah, is like it as type of hit. yeah? Is it as strong as Tier Elements? Is it as strong as Castiera? Not really. You know, so like it, it's weird that you know, like hey, this is the this is the the pretty boy of, of like the meta ladder, right? You're like this is this is yeah. the guy. Yeah, hey, he can do no wrong. This kid's all right. <laughs> and then just suddenly, like you know, like oh, these two other ones, these are the menace. So fuck the pretty boy. <laughs> We're just gonna punch him. So it, it it was weird to me that branded fusion went down to one. And, and like uh, w- one of the memes that I saw uh, was you, you've seen like that that SpongeBob episode where like you know Patrick's all like. You ate my own, my own chocolate bar. Now I'm gonna starve. Uh, but you know, like he, he's got like he's like all bloated from all the candy he's been eating. Uh, so branded fusions are like, you took my one fusion spell. Now I'm gonna starve. I'm like, like every other card in your deck doesn't fuse. <laughs> you know, like come on. Uh, so like the the only thing that this does is that now if you hit branded fusion with an ash blossom, they kind of have to get more creative. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, on the on the semi, we have uh blaster to two. Uh, part of extra- was blaster banned? Uh, yes. Well, no. Okay. He was limited in the in no. the la- in the last list. They oh, limited he him. Was so limited. So now now okay, he's so, so now so now he's semi limit. So okay. We, we have tempest and blaster. That's two dragon rulers. Uh, we have a pot of extravagance to two, uh, and uh, a lot of people suspect that this is a hit to Labyrinth. Do we have title? In no, no, uh, no, we don't. Uh, and Luster Pendulum. We have Tempest and Blaster now, but Luster Pendulum to two, uh, because we got the new Draco Slayer support. So, eh, eh, you know, like eh, like the new Draco Slayer support. Eh. <laughs> it's, it's, Oh, why didn't we get any Draco Slayers off the list when we got our Draco Slayer support? Yeah, uh, like, you know, ask well, me. What, where's, where's my, uh, what's his face? Ask me again when we get Masterpiece. 
but like anyway that's what i was gonna say where's my masterpiece <laughs> i couldn't think of the name yeah but uh nadir servant now fully unlimited uh ancient fairy dragon fully unlimited and Gearsu, the orcus mech knight fully unlimited i feel like orcus players um, have been begging for like for two things for harp horror and for Gearsu. <laughs> And now they like, did. Did we did we have Gearsu like touched in TCG? Because I don't think people really no. played him. I, I don't think so. But, I, I uh, think that Orcus, with the exception of Harpor, which I think is still like banned in the TCG. I, I oh yeah, Harpor, Harpor will not come back because apparently uh, people just hate him. Yeah, so like that, that that's the only reason that I can think. Of. I was like, man, you guys must have really hated Harpor for it to stay banned this long. When when Orcist does okay at best, so you know, like it's kind of kind of a weird thing. But uh, yeah, so this is basically what the band list looks like. What do you think? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't play Master Duel, but it's 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 nice to see that they're actually like taking care of some of the cards that I actually had problems with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Tier Elements now had Rongo had. No reason to be unbanned for as long as it was. No, it didn't. And, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, so, Tier Elements now is is in a much more manageable place. It's almost as massacred as it was in the TCG. Almost. Uh, they still have Kit Kalos, which, honestly, like, they have so many of their cards hit to one at this point that, like, honestly, what's one? What's Kit Kalos going to do? Especially since, it, if I'm not mistaken, it's at one. So, okay. You know, like, whatever. Uh, we, we, they hit branded, which was weird to me and, and like grass. Oh God, grass, you know, like <laughs> grass is still at one though. It's still at one. Like, it's not gone. It's still at one. There, it, the game started with grass at three. So yeah. like <laughs> TCG and the OCG, it's still at one though. It's still there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like th- this is, this is insanity. Uh, so like uh, the thing is, I think this is a solid ban list. Like super solid. The, the some of the jank is gone. Some of the the big difficult things to deal with are gone. Uh, like some for some tier three decks got hit, which was weird to me. Uh, and you know some stuff that had no issue being banned is now unbanned. Uh, so kind kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting to see. Like it, it's one of those things that you you don't look at the OCG ban list and say well this is what's going to happen the tcg but it's also just it's something to see it's uh interesting as to what konami's willing to do yeah with the format and like what they're willing to take off and put onto the ban list yeah and i i guess uh, like the the last uh, the the one thing to take away from this uh, that to put into this is that master duel does have kind of like consistent data like always flowing at Konami, and we've meant it's it's a thing that they it almost feels like they put out a new ban list every month almost, and it's just a way of balancing the game. And I feel like the game stays pretty well balanced because like their their ban lists are kind of like very active. Uh, and additionally, like you know, it feels like it feels like they don't outright kill decks because uh, the the master duel ban lists usually tend to use the limiting and the semi limiting more than they do banning. And well, the, the reason why it seems like they don't outright kill decks is because if you look at the forbidden cards, you can look at every single list and you'll notice that there is the lack of one singular bug on <laughs> all of these lists. Yeah. That one bug 
doesn't matter how many times they hit your your deck if you draw the bug mm-hmm. in a best of one format you can actually make your deck still work semi decently unless they just like completely neuter your deck yeah i mean i suppose so uh so, like, uh, like if if they, if they get rid of max c mm-hmm. the whole this deck is good goes away because the deck is now a lot less uh consistent because you don't have the draw power of i'm gonna play max c and then make my opponent choose to either try to deck me out or uh not play any cards so uh moving on this will be like the last thing that we have on on tcgs uh but or actually we have two things Uh, one real quick one age of overlord releases on october 14th through the 15th you know it includes 100 new cards uh, it's got it has the new labyrinth support, new labyrinth support, Menadium, Nuvalais, Ogdoatic, and Vanquish Soul. So, Lord Mordor, if you're still in the chat, Ogdoatic's coming October 14th through the 15th, uh, and it in- introduces Dia Bellstar. So that's something to get excited over. And then, like the last thing on TCGs here, what we have is I am on the One Piece bandwagon. I bought the Monkey D Luffy Black Starter Deck. Ooh. Yeah, so like uh, starter deck number eight, uh, it consists uh, uh, well from from what I've come to find out, uh, the one piece uh, card game consists of six different colors, uh, and each one does a different thing. Uh, the the black color, what it does is it it modulates uh, costs on the field, uh, and the way that this that this particular deck works is that you know like uh, there you'll have a lot of ETBs that will modulate the cost of something your opponent has on the field, and then you'll have different cards that whenever they ETB will destroy things below a certain cost threshold, and uh, like the way that this works is that uh, you know your mana, which in in the One Piece card game is called Dawn, uh, if it's tapped. Uh, you know, like your your deck commander Luffy. Uh, whenever something gets knocked out, um, you know, doesn't matter if it's yours or your opponent's, you can attach one of the the dawn cards onto him because, like the 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 mana on top of paying for costs, you can also attach it to different characters to buff their attack. So, like, imagine this: your opponent has a full field of stuff. You drop a, a couple of things to modulate levels, and then you drop like uh, something big to like just knock out everything on their field. Now all of your tapped dawn cards will attach themselves to Luffy, buffing his attack. So like you you go from like having a five thousand Luffy to upwards of a fifteen thousand attack Luffy. So you know it, it's kind of a fun thing. Uh, it's something that's been explained to me ever since I obtained this deck that this Luffy commander is actually not that good. Uh, and the reason why is because, sure, he gets strong, he can still only attack once per turn. You know, so, like, it doesn't matter how strong he gets, you know, like, honestly, like, like if you're just going to be doing one damage, what's the point? And I'm like, yeah, I, I see. I see it. You know, like, this is fine. Uh, cool thing is that, you know, just like Magic, if you have, like, all the cards for, like, a certain color, you can just get a different commander and the deck still functions. And it may even function better. So uh, I'll start. I like with... that you went over like the next slide without being on the next slide. Yeah. So like uh, th- this is basically what the what the breakdown is, and this this is how it works. So yeah, you know, like th- this Luffy is an okay Luffy. We could we could use 
a better a better commander for the deck. So I'll start looking at different black commanders, see if I find one that just capitalizes on that better, and uh, we'll see we'll see where that goes. Uh, next up, a new regional variant has been re- revealed for Pokemon. Uh, Dare, are you familiar with the Pokemon known as Poltegeist? I am because it's one of the few like few of the fucking puns that I actually enjoy from Pokemon. Yeah. I actually have like a couple foil Poltegeist cards <laughs> that I think it's just the best. Yeah, he's pretty great. Uh, so yeah, like Poltegeist as in Poltergeist, except it's a haunted teapot. Uh, well, yeah. th- this is a, a regional variant for Poltegeist for the new uh, DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and it's called... Poltergeist. Uh, Poltergeist. He is a haunted matcha caddy. So so it's it's uh, matcha. Yeah. The, there is a cinematic trailer that explains its origins in the Pokemon Instagram account and the official Pokemon Instagram account. It's it's kind of cute because they try to be like, oh, haunted, haunted glassware or like ceramic wear. And it's like, okay, <laughs> it's still cute. Uh, so- well, it, 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 at least it's not sad like when they they did the the dog the ghost dog. Oh like, yeah. Oh, Grieve look at him. how cute he is. Yeah. Oh, his his master died because he loved his master too much. Yeah, yeah. We don't talk about that. So this is cool. You know that this will be in the yeah, first. It's just like the episode of Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. The, no, okay, there the it is. I knew it. <laughs> so this is going to be coming out of the first wave of uh, of uh, DLC, which for the uh, hidden treasures of Area Zero, which is the teal mask. He'll be available in the Kitakami region, and I think it's like an event thing, so you can only get one. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but kind of cool. Uh, and to follow up on something, you remember last week whenever I mentioned that uh, a player players were disqualified in the Pokemon World Championship for cheating. Yeah. As it turns out, that's really rampant. <laughs> Data has yeah. come out where a, a survey of more than 850 rental teams found that the ratio of hacked Pokemon to legal Pokemon is about 50-50. <laughs> so the chances are very hard that if you if you caught like a match on on like the world championship stage, somebody somewhere had a hacked Pokemon. <laughs> well, you, you got to think of it like this too because – uh, I know a lot of these people do trading for their like OP Pokemon that are like because I think you talked about last week. There's like people who actually like have a job where yeah they breed, breeders spend hours breeding the Pokemon. Oh yeah, breeding and, breeding uh, the Pokemon breeding breeding yeah. If you look, don't don't majority of it's uh, English. Do not the the uh, that's fifty fifty and. English, whereas uh, the Japanese people have 12, Chinese have, well, I guess it's 50-50 in China. Yeah, so, so the, the stats are well, on the screen. And it's it's just, it's scary to look at because, you know, like 47% uh, of like legal is in English, right? Uh, so that means that like worldwide, like... Actually, got- now that I'm looking at the samples, the only people who are like actually decent apparently are the Japanese. Are the Japanese 95% legal? Yeah. I'm like... 95% <laughs> legal where everyone else, none of the Korean for legal, none of the Italian was legal. No. Spanish, no. no. German, no. Chinese, uh, both the Chinese are no. I mean, dude, like... America, 
And here's the funny thing is like, you know, like you'll notice that the guy that's uh, that's tweeted this is uh, Kurt from uh, Kphotics. Uh, this is the guy who created the software to make hacked Pokemon. <laughs> so he's yeah. just he's just going like, hey, well, look how how hard we balling, boys. <laughs> it's just like God. Well, it, something that always like makes me somewhat happy is when somebody who like knowingly cheats either turns over a new leaf or exposes themselves like this <laughs> because uh like in runescape one of the like very first like really good bot makers for runescape mm-hmm. ended up becoming a jagex mod and working to prevent botting yeah and it's just like oh how the tables have turned mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's pretty and the dude dude was like really good he made like the current runescape 3 bot busting system that like they've improved on since him but Hmm? just the fact that like that many of the pokemon are illegal yeah it's it's quite a bit dude it's actually pretty insane uh so like yeah that's kind of a funny follow-up to last week so uh, there's that uh, something that you brought up there is that uh, what's it called? Hollow Live versus Hollow Stars on Overwatch Two. They're holding an event, and yeah, it, Overwatch Two actually has something good coming to it. Yeah, I, well, I wouldn't say that it's Overwatch Two hopefully, that's having it. I, th- I think it's the the, the Hollow uh, community yeah, that Corp is bringing something to yeah, Overwatch Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, is a limited time thing. Let, let's not give any credit to Overwatch for anything that they did not do. Okay. <laughs> So but yeah, uh, I I don't really know the Hollow Stars all that well. Uh-huh. Uh, I I just like I see that the MC is Fubiki, and then Hollow Live has two of the Hollow X stars, which I don't really know. Mm-hmm. And then you have Toa, Iris, and then the God Gamer herself, Shishiro Botan, which she has professional video game players actually like train her on how to play video games which hmm. is why she's like a god uh there, there was actually a smash tournament you uh not too long ago mm-hmm. where two of the guys that she like is learning from had to face each other and one of them had like a body pillow of mm. her with him and the other one had like an action figure and i was just like this is really weird I love it. For reasons. Mm-hmm. But I, I also kind of like respect them for some reason. Mm-hmm. I, hey, I, I'd probably do the same, not going to lie. You, you put uh, Shishiro, Botan, and Estelle Lita are pretty poggers at FPS. I, I don't know. Uh, well, I know Estelle is, I think, the one with red hair on this the is... her team. This is basically like going off of Reddit. So like I I, yeah. look, I looked uh, I looked up the event and I landed on the Reddit announcement for it, and uh, the fans in the chat were going off of, of like uh, who why they think like who's gonna do well, what team's gonna. Estelle do. is the blue hair guy with orange. That's I see. Who Estelle is. And, and uh, that this is this is kind of something that kept coming up, and that's why I noted it here. I was like, "Hey, these two are poggers, according to their fans, you know, like ba- based on what they're saying." Because this is something that kind of kept coming up. So I was like, "Yeah." So well, that's if if you looked at the comment that I put was uh, Botan, it's going to be a bloodbath, and the Hollow Stars have no choice, yeah, or like no chance. Yes, yeah. she is professionally trained by professional gamers. And like, if you watch any of her like highlights on YouTube, it's 
her just being like FPS God. Yeah. So this is so, exciting. Yeah. It is exciting. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm probably going to actually watch it. Maybe. Yeah. It's the 30th. I, I'm, so I might as well. Here in five days. It's on Wednesday. Sweet. But uh, continuing on other VTuber news, uh, Hololive's Magni Desmond and Noir Vesper are graduating. Yeah, this was something that recently came up. I don't... They had, like, their last streams, mm-hmm. and they said that... In the official cover core uh, statement that they put out, they said that they didn't want to have any more streams for the rest of the duration yeah, until the 30th and they will not be doing a graduation stream as per their wishes, which uh, is just kind of weird. I thought that that sounded kind of sketch. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of people are like, this is kind of sketchy and we don't believe you cover core, which I mean, let's be honest. Cover core is a corporation mm-hmm. and corporations aren't, usually the most truthful that's true but yeah it's uh it's weird that like i I don't know i don't really know any background information as to why this would happen Mm. i'm assuming coming closer to time for their actual graduation they're probably going to have something leaked as to why probably so yeah uh, yeah two hollow star members are graduating yeah uh their their first their content will remain active for another month afterwards though so you can kind of like keep tabs of your memberships and their exclusive content which will uh, go offline on the 30th of september which for i think i think for all of the hollow live members who graduated aside from maybe sana and coco Mm -hmm. um their content was removed after a month. They give it a month for those who uh, had already had the subscription prior. Right. And then, because, uh, I mean, you, you paid for it. So. Yeah. Might, might as well, you know, get it, right? Uh, it looks like, yeah, Sana's content is still up. So her and Coco, you can still, like, go to their channels hmm. and see their content and everything Hmm. whereas uh if you were to go to like rusha or uh the other one that isn't usually named uh their channels don't really even exist anymore right so uh moving on to anime and manga news uh for starters this one was submitted to us by brother gamma in the chat Black Clover, yeah. Black Clover ends its run on Shonen Jump magazine, and just like just like Magni and Nar Vesper, this is kind of a weird run because it, it's it's had its last chapter that it was that was going to publish on Shonen Jump already published, so they're not going to con- finish their publication because the, the story hasn't wrapped up. So they're not going to finish their publication on Shonen Jump. They're going to finish it on an offshoot called Jump Giga. Uh, which, if I'm not mistaken, is quarterly. So instead of like being once a week like Shonen Jump is, uh, this is a quarterly publication. So the manga artist will actually have more time. Uh, but here's where it gets weird. They're on the last arc. You know, so it, it's it's the last arc of Black Clover. They're, they're, they were literally in the wrapping up 
uh, process. You know, like there's a few fights that need to resolve and then that's it. We're done. So it's so weird that, you know, like, hey, you know, you were finished. And then they're just like, okay, transfer them over to Jump Giga. This is quarterly. You'll see it every every other month. It felt awkward to me. Like, what what that speaks to me, and, like, this might be me reading too much into it, but Shonen Jump does kind of have a history of uh, working their manga artists into the dirt. Uh, you know, artists such as uh, Masashi Kishimoto uh, and uh, Aka Akasaka and, uh, you know, like, Tait Kubo. Um are are just oh and uh, Yoshihiro Togashi are known for just like being burnt out of being a manga artist because of like the the heavy demands that Shonen Jump puts on them you know uh so like the fact that they're switching uh the writer for the the artist for Black Clover who whose name is uh Yuki Tabata uh onto a quarterly publication almost feels to me like they're trying to avoid the you know basically playing into the stereotype part of me feels like maybe maybe tabata uh, was uh, experiencing health problems with which kazuki takahashi uh, yoshihiro togashi tai kubo all of them have experience from overworking themselves while making their manga uh and it may be the case that tabata was experiencing the same thing and you know so that they don't look like hey yeah we, we have a history of doing this they move him to the quarterly magazine where now he has more time, you know? Uh, so ca- kind of a weird one. And this might be me just reading too much into it. It might just be the case that it's like, hey, you know what? Black Clover just isn't selling as well as something else. Uh, so let's move you over to the quarterly magazine because, hey, you know what? Fans still like you. So, um, yeah. So j- just kind of a weird one. I have not seen a single episode of Black Clover, so I will take your word for it. Me neither. I mean, my wife likes it, but I, I haven't seen a single thing about it. So, eh. next up, the Spy Family season two. Uh, will yeah, run... they're getting a uh, Full Metal Alchemist uh, episode. They absolutely are not, but they are. <laughs> You're just Honor saying that because like... the dog no. get fused together. <laughs> they do not. It is amazing. This manga is wholesome AF, and no, it will not be tainted by your darkness. Uh, but uh, what was I going to say is uh, October is when it will release, start releasing season two on Crunchyroll and Hulu, uh, which is exciting because this uh, this next uh, season should adapt uh, like the, the cruise ship arc where, uh, you know, like the Forger family gets taken aboard a cruise ship where Yor is employed in her uh, abilities as an assassin to bodyguard uh, a political refugee. Um uh, as they try to flee the country. And at the same time that she's doing that, her family, consisting of Lloyd Forger and Anya, are on the same boat. So she kind of has to keep her her real job, her real identity, hidden from her family, which, you know, uh, it, it has actually one of what I feel is one of the most touching moments in the manga, uh, where, you know, she kind of has to come to terms with the with the fact that, you know, She's been an assassin for so long, and she was doing it for the sake of raising her brother and, uh, you know, like having money to raise her brother because they're both war orphans. And now it's just kind of like, well, why am I still doing it? And, and, you know, like uh, and she's in a fight with a guy who's kicking her ass at the time. And, you know, like it kind of as she's kind of like fading, you know, like where where she's kind of like you're not sure if she's going to make it. uh, She kind of has this realization. I have to make it. Because I have a family now. And it is just one of the most 
wow moments of the of the manga and i can't wait to see it animated i i you know like this is uh by wit studio cloverworks and the anime has been absolutely phenomenal up to this point i can't wait to see them tackle this uh they might also uh tackle lloyd's past which is something that happened immediately afterwards in the in the arc following the cruise ship so something to look forward to here um yeah, and then the, the, dog, the episode the dog episode nope absolutely not <laughs> My Dress Up Darling, switching to a monthly release during the current arc. And this is kind of like... Uh, it's so has a dog episode. We- weird that we had uh, like two artists, uh, two popular mangas switch to like a different release schedule. But uh, My Dress Up Darling, uh, it's my understanding that the reason that it's releasing to a to a monthly release schedule as opposed to, uh, as opposed to like a weekly, which I think it was before, uh, is that the artist wants to do extra pages for each chapter. So, like, this isn't like a, I'm burnt out. This is a, like, a, no, no, no. I want to do more for this for this particular arc because it's going to be baller, son. So, you know, kind of fun. Uh, my Dress Up Darling, super fun, super wholesome anime. Dare must be editing the, the comment, the, the description. I part am. You went quiet. Uh, I definitely went quiet. There, but, you it know, should be in the description now. Okay, great. And uh, last thing is, of course, you know, like uh, we, we're moving from that weird, awkward moment of silence to a pensive moment of silence because the because WWE... we're not allowed to end on a good note. I always want us to end on a sad note. Uh, this past week, we lost two rather, uh, rather prominent members of the WWE community in that Terry Funk passed away on Wednesday at the age of 79. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we had uh, Wyndham Rotunda pass away just yesterday at the age of 36. Yeah, which is young, dude. Like, it's very young. Well, it's like I, I, I was telling you before the show, I was like, I, it's kind of shocked because I was like, he, he's not that old. Mm-hmm. And when I saw he passed away at the age of 36, I was like, wow, that's that's like close to my age. That's close to your age yeah that's close to my age too yeah it's uh you have here that yeah terry funk he i mean he he lived a good life he was almost 80 years old and he had some health problems Mm -hmm. uh that he was battling but uh yeah which at that age you kind of expect right uh however with bray wyatt i mean like this is this is complications uh six thirty thirty six and he had uh heart problems that unfortunately covid exasperated and just like thoughts go out to the families that are affected by this because yeah yeah he's part of the wwe family obviously yeah he sure but was you, uh, both of them were i mean like the, the that, amount of love that was outpouring for both of these guys and it, it's such a shame that both of them so so close to each other you know like uh that that both of these tragedies kind of happen back to back well that's I, I sent you a video of uh Booker T, because a lot of the older um, WWE wrestlers will have like their own podcast. So like Booker T has a podcast that he's part of. Uh, the Dudley Boys have a podcast that they're part of. And on Wednesday, the Dudleys had the podcast and they dedicated the whole thing to Terry Funk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I sent you the clip of the Booker T podcast where they read the post by Triple H stating that uh, Bray Wyatt had passed and you could just see that like they couldn't even like comprehend what was going on because it's like 
no, this that's dude's a, so young. It's a lot of tragedy to take in all at once. And yeah, the fact that he was so young is actually kind of like the scariest part because, as you mentioned, he's close to my age. And, yeah. uh, you know, he had heart conditions, which I do which as well. Which is something that you have. It's something that I have. And, you know, like COVID is what, what ended up like complicating things. And COVID's still a thing, you know? And I. Yeah, like, you don't hear much about it anymore. Yeah. But it's still a thing. You still have to watch out for it. You still have to take right. care of yourself. I personally have caught COVID twice and it didn't feel great. I, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I've had it once and I'm glad that I've only had it once because yeah. it was, it like fully took me out of commission. The same. It, it knocked me on my ass, dude. It, it was, it was some heavy stuff, but imagining that it could complicate like heart conditions is just, just icing on the cake. Like this is awful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, dude, like th- this is a shame, you know, and um, thoughts and prayers go out to their families, you know, like something that, something that I do really like is that, um, is, I, I told you before the show is uh, WWE actually like canceled SmackDown for tonight mm-hmm. because of this. And I, I'm hoping they do something like they did for Eddie Guerrero when he passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because Ray Wyatt was, I'm not going to say he was on the same level as Eddie Guerrero, but he was a really, really prominent member of the WWE family. Mm-hmm. So it'd be it would be nice if they did a tribute episode to him. Yeah. Like Man. they did for Eddie Guerrero. I'm positive the that other they wrestlers. Will. Yeah, I'm pretty positive that they will. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so like uh, the WWE never ceases to amaze me with how much like, you know, whenever something like this happens, they will just immediately jump on like, you know, doing everything they can, you know, like uh, like just uh, comforting the family, you know, like sending out their thoughts and prayers. Like all of like the wrestlers will go on on mic and just talk about t- nothing but good things about their fallen comrades, you know. So just absolutely fucking excellent. Uh, it, it's a it's a good community, and I love to see all the support. And, and it's a shame that they have to be going through this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but with that said, uh, that is actually the conclusion for today's episode of the Battle Phase Podcast. If you enjoyed uh, what you saw, please remember to like, uh, com- uh, sub, and share. Uh, we're trying to grow our podcast as much as possible. And to, uh, again, once for like the ninth time, to all of our new listeners uh, uh, on different podcasting platforms, hello, and we're happy to have you here. Join the conversation. Uh, and, you know, we will we will be happy to, to chat with you guys, to, to, to say hello, and to... to meet online in the platforms of exactly instagram and threads and youtube at the battle face uh and also and I, I i blanked out because of the way you said something and it came over discord uh th- thanks to all the people on spotify on google play on the other streaming rss feed things that are uploads these two mm-hmm. for your downloading of our podcast it means a lot to yeah, us and, uh, mean, we hope you will continue to listen yeah Thank yeah you. keep joining the oni bros every friday for for new episodes well friday if you're on youtube uh if you're on the podcasting platforms you usually get them like the day after or or like no later than sunday uh but yeah well sunday if you're stateside if you're overseas i actually don't know what your time zones are like so <laughs> Uh, I'll keep consistent is what I'm trying to say but it's been an absolute pleasure finding out that there are people listening to us uh, all over the world now it's exciting yeah in Belgium in 
was Jakarta. In Jakarta, yeah. So kind of, kind of super fun. And you know, like, thank you guys in the uh, who show up for the live chat. Yeah, we're always happy to see you guys. And uh, until next time, I have been the Midnight Bard, and I have been Darringer. And adios. Goodbye.